Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, if you've got ideas for future episodes, please contact us. There are two easy ways to do so. You can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, again, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet us. SF Diocese, use the hashtag ignition. Again, at SF Diocese and use the hashtag ignition. Um, we are still in the midst, if you've uh, if you've been a, probably a longish time listener, or last few months at least, uh, to of ignition, uh, you know that um, my long time uh, co-host, Father Andrew Dickinson, uh, stepped away um, from the microphone uh, for an indefinite period of time. He's not in an undisclosed location, though. It's disclosed. <laughs> Father Dickinson um, is the is the is the uh, chaplain at the Pius XII Newman Center and the pastor at St. Paul's um, in White, um, and and he's keeping his nose to the grindstone. So over the last uh, couple months, I've had some um, guest co-hosts, and I've got another one this week. Father Joseph Scholten is across the table from me. Uh, how are you doing today, Father Scholten? I am doing great, Dr. Bergwald. It's great to be with you, and thanks for inviting me onto the show. I'm happy to have you on. So before we get into today's topic, um, I thought we'd maybe give the listeners the opportunity uh, to hear a little bit about who you are. Sure. So who are you? Yeah, well, uh, I am a priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls, obviously. I've been ordained uh, a couple of months. I was ordained at the beginning of June, along with five other terrific men, my classmates, uh, here for the diocese. I'm from the city of Sioux Falls, and I'm currently serving as the uh, parochial vicar at St. Lambert Parish, as well as the chaplain at O'Gorman Junior High School. But St. Lambert is a fine, fine parish, isn't I it, think Father? it's the best little parish in Sioux Falls, Chris. <laughs> I, I, I'm, uh, I, I might be a parishioner with my family at St. Lambert, so that, that, that might be you, why I see You've that. darkened those doorsteps on occasion. I, I got an occasion. <laughs> yes. uh, and my name is Chris Bergwald. I'm the director of Adult Discipleship Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Um, so, Father, it's great to have you at St. Lambert's, but even more great to have you priest in our diocese, and thank you for being here today. Oh, thank you. I'm happy to be here, Chris. So I gave Father the power uh, to choose the topic. Dun, dun, dun. Um, we'll see how it goes. So this is all on you, Father Schulten. <laughs> you understand that if, if this bombs... That's right. Um, I, no. <laughs> that's what we call passing the buck. That's, <laughs> that's, so this is the what the underside of the bus looks like. That, that's my So we're going to talk today about scripture um, and and what scripture is, its place in the church, in our lives, and so on. And this is a topic again. If you've been a if you listen to Ignition over the last few years, uh, Father Dickinson and I um, just at the end of his time. Uh, managed to wrap up a little uh, series that we were doing, introducing listeners to the books of the New Testament in particular. Yes. Our vision was to do that for every book of the Bible, but... <laughs> <laughs> we, it's ambitious. We, it was ambitious, and at least uh, we were able to do the the, the New Testament text. But, um, Father, you proposed this as a topic, um, and, and I thought it'd be good. Uh, I, I, I liked the idea because it's sort of... 
I think it's good every now and then to step back. So in that yeah. series, the father and I did, and all sorts of other episodes that I've yeah. done with father and other other co-hosts, we've talked about different aspects of scripture. But I like the idea in this topic of maybe just taking taking a, a a step further back and taking a bit more even of a, of of the big picture. So before we get right. into the this sort is, of sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, go ahead. yeah, it's definitely a, a big picture question, but hopefully not too uh, not too abstract. You know, hopefully. Taking a look at the big picture can be helpful then when we go to read scripture and we hear scripture right. ourselves. Absolutely. So I, 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 this was an unpro- or a, uh, unscripted question, so I'll apologize, but I know you'll do well. Uh, where did this come from? When, when I asked you to think about some topics, you reflected on them for a bit, and this, this, this is, is what came to your mind. Sure. I'm curious why. Sure. Well, I think a couple of reasons. Uh, first, I have grown in love for scripture over the past few years as I've studied the Bible more and just become more familiar with the life of the faith. And as my own prayer life has grown, I've really come to see uh, see the nourishment that Scripture offers us uh, in our relationship with the Lord um, and our journey of faith. Um, and also, I think that I think that Scripture gets a, a bad rap uh, for us Catholics. And and uh, typically, you know, we hear about Scripture in the context of not just scripture, right? Because sometimes we can focus on apologetics so much and and uh, focus on the fact that it's not just scripture that right. gives us access to <clears throat> divine revelation, but we also have this thing called tradition and somehow these are related. And so uh, unfortunately, I think there can be a tendency um, when we're doing apologetics or talking about the faith, um, especially with uh, fellow Christians that aren't Catholic to say, well, it's not just scripture. But then that sort of shoves aside this richness of the word of God that we have. Um, and, and tends to minimize the, the real treasure that's there for us. Um, but then I think there's another danger, and that is that uh, we, we use Scripture to sort of beat ourselves over the head, say mm. like, oh, I'm a bad Catholic because I don't know the Bible as well as I should. <laughs> How many people do you know right. lives, live lives of faith, um, but every time they talk about the Bible, they think, oh, I don't read it as much as I should, I don't know it as well as I should, and, and we sort of make it out to be this big, intimidating thing that we don't, no, and you know we always hear Saint Jerome's words: "Ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ." And then we just beat ourselves over the heads even more. And, right. And uh, and I don't think that's that's quite a healthy way to approach this this real gift of God's word either. Self so, self recrimination is not a a good uh, spiritual strategy. No, I don't think it's okay. a virtue. Okay. At least not in my list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I've got my list. <laughs> Who are you imposing your my your list on me? <laughs> uh, okay, so so that's 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 where it came from. Then this recognition, your maybe um, your own life, your own interests, but then also just seeing Catholics to varying degrees struggle, maybe unfairly in a sense with with what to do with this big book. Yeah, I I think so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I think maybe t- as a way to get into this further, then uh, we start with this, the very broad, uh, stepping way back question: When we say scripture, sacred scripture, what is it that we're talking about? What is scripture? What is the Bible? Great question. Well, we're pretty familiar with the uh, with the object as we know it now: the book, the physical right. book. Most of us have them in our right. living rooms or um, other places around our homes. Uh, but what is that? Yeah, where does that? Uh, where does that come from? And I think the uh, the first things to recognize are that one, it's a book, and two, it's not just one book, right? <laughs> but it's a whole host of books, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And somehow, through the workings of divine providence, these various writings in all sorts of different forms—you know, letters, poetry, narrative, uh, legal documents—have somehow uh, been brought together and are seen 
by the church and have been seen for centuries as one unified thing, um, which the church knows is the inspired word of God. Right. Is the, um, the written form of his, of his revelation of himself to us. I think, um, I, I think it's, it might be, uh, for some Catholics, it might be an obvious point, And yet it's, 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 I think far more substantial than we realize that scripture is a collection of documents and not just, not simply one document. So there are 73 separate texts that are combined and they're combined just to, just to, to touch on that briefly. They're combined because they have one common author, which is the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, God has inspired the writing of among all the different authors of, of all 73 texts. Um, he is the common author, the one at work inspiring the human authors in each case. Um, so there's a reason why it is a book, why those 73 books are bound together unto, uh, uh, within two covers, um, under one cover, whatever. Um, <laughs> and yet they are, there's diversity within that. Um, yes, so absolutely. So we have to read, and you were touching, they're all different literary genres, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we have to read them as such. Uh, Bishop Robert Barron, in, in his podcast, The Word on Fire Show, I remember one episode where he was talking about you know, the challenge, and we're going to get into this later, the challenge of reading scripture, um, and, and sometimes, well, do you take the Bible literally? And I, Father Barron's response, Bishop Barron's response to that is, well, do you take the library literally? Hmm. Well, it, right. because it depends on which part of the library you're talking about. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that is uh, you know, precisely what the word Bible means. It comes from Biblia, which just means books. 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 Plural. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. So if I could make a quick example, you know, to take take your family, sorry to bring your family into this, but oh. to understand your family, uh, you know, there are different individuals that make up this reality that is the Bergwald family. Right. Right. And, uh, and there are all sorts of different personalities under that roof. Um, and yet there's a unity, right? That right. you, that they're, you know, your kids are all brothers and sisters and they're all your kids. And, right, right, <laughs> and, right. Uh, and taken in isolation, you miss something. Right. Um, but there is something about that individuality that, uh, that is essential. I really like that analogy. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to steal that from you. Oh, they're your kids. You Do- can have. <laughs> Nicely played. <laughs> we might have you back. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how the rest of the episode. That's goes. a great analogy. The fa- a family is as a, a analog for scripture. Yeah, I think it just gets that variety. But then there's a, there's an essential unity as well because, like you said, um, it's all inspired by the Holy Spirit. That's been the the faith of the church, and right. so scriptures have various authors, consequently, and yet they also have one author, right? The Holy Spirit. Amen. Anything else in terms of that very broad and general question? What is scripture that you think would be good for our listeners to to reflect on? Well, I think that essential division, um, or not division, but distinction between the Old and the New Testament is is important because something really happens. Right. Once you move from the Old Testament into the New Testament, something really happens with uh, with the coming of Christ, the incarnation, which is uh, precisely what distinguishes the Old with the New Testament as such. Um, so maintaining so seventy three books, but there's also that distinction between. They're not, and not halves, two halves, two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament, the 46 yes. books of the Old Testament, the 27 books of the New. I think Absolutely. That's, math is right there, isn't it? Yeah. 46, 20, okay, 60, yeah, okay. <laughs> 73. So uh, what else in terms of generalities? 
maybe maybe another another good question. Not, this is not in terms of generalities per se, but when we think about the place of scripture within the church, it, its place in our lives as Catholics, what do you think it's important is important to keep in mind? Absolutely. Well, we were touching on this a little bit earlier as we spoke, but um, as you pointed out, the liturgy, the liturgy. Uh, is the home of mm. sacred scripture mm -hmm. in more than one way. I think I used to have this view that if I really wanted to know what the Bible said, uh, the best thing I could do was, you know, I'd sit at home in my lazy boy and I don't have a lazy boy. I'd sit at home at my desk and, and read it, you know, quietly, privately for a long time. And, and that's good. And I think that's essential. Um, it's essential to have that private study. And certainly in studying theology, they're at a lot of hours doing just that. But uh, something that, Pope Benedict points out in Verbum Domini, uh, but it's uh, also the, just the consistent belief of of our church is that uh, the home of Scripture is the liturgy. Right. In other words, the Mass is the context where Scripture makes most sense and comes alive. Vatican II said something really profound. It said that it's God who speaks when the sacred Scriptures are read in church. Right. That's amazing. Right. God speaks. When, you know, little old Sally, old ladies aren't named Sally, little old Mildred <laughs> gets up there to proclaim that first reading at daily mass. That's God right. speaking to his people. Right. And yeah. then Deacon so-and-so ambles over to the ambo and then Christ addresses his church. Something, something real happens in the liturgy uh, when the scriptures are proclaimed that is, uh, that is real and that is powerful. Right. Um, it's akin to what happens at the consecration. Right. And what is the consecration? It's, it's partly words taken from the scriptures, taken from the gospels. Uh, so that's, that liturgical context is essential. And it's how scripture came to be. You know, you read Paul's letters and they're meant to be read to a liturgical assembly. Right. And so, um, yeah, that's what I would say as far as context for scripture. One of the things that strikes me along those lines and that I mentioned to you uh, before we recorded as well, uh, according to scripture, the first time scripture was written was a liturgical context. So in Exodus, we read um, af after the Exodus, Moses leads the people to Mount Sinai uh, and, and, and he... Um, ratifies the covenant or establishes the covenant. God's establishes the covenant through Moses with his people. Uh, and it's in that context that we read that Moses wrote the books of the law. Uh, that is the Torah. That's the first time that scripture was written. And it was in the context of a liturgical establishment of the covenant between God and his people. Absolutely. So it's always, it's not just with Paul's letters. It was always from the beginning. Uh, it was in liturgy and for liturgy that scripture was written and proclaimed. Absolutely. Yeah. And that is why I think as Catholics, we can have confidence when we approach the scriptures. Uh, because I mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of us can be sort of timid or think that we don't know this or this is really something totally foreign or unfamiliar to us. When in reality, if we've been attending Mass, if we have this familiarity with liturgy, well, then we're in the perfect place to approach the Bible. Right. Right. And so so I think from because for me, like you said earlier, your, your example, um, you, that in a sense, you might prefer to read the Bible in your own home at your own desk, whatever it is. Um, I read the I read the, the readings for Mass, the scripture readings for Mass before I go to Mass, so that, though, so that when they're at Mass, that I can engage more fully in them. To me, it's analogous with um, preparing myself well to receive Holy Communion. A spiritual preparation sure. is important for, for our Lord's presence, Eucharistic presence to bear fruit in my own life as his disciple. Similarly so, 
by me preparing myself to hear the word proclaimed through my own reading and my own study outside of the liturgy, it allows the proclamation of the word within the liturgy to impact me more deeply. Absolutely. Yeah. And and then that moment of proclamation spills over into the rest of our lives. So by no means do I want to discourage private study of sacred right. scripture, private prayer with sacred scripture. I think those are all things, those are wonderful things. But um you know, as Catholics, we uh, we receive we receive Holy Communion, and that's the uh, that's the high point of our uh, of our sacramental union with God in this life. Uh, and yet, we have things like Eucharistic adoration. You know, as as outside of the Mass, as a sort of spilling over of this uh, of this reality of the Blessed Sacrament of Jesus' right. real presence. And and similarly, Scripture, um, while the highest point and and the real um, home of Scripture is in the liturgy, that doesn't mean that. That can't spill over into the rest of our lives, into our private prayer at home, or into study groups and things like that. Right, right. So, so the the point you were making, though, there it was, um, it is familiar to us, even though it might not seem to be familiar in some of its details. Absolutely. So, yeah. Can you say more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, really, what this gets at, I think, is uh, is knowledge of Christ. You know, we've. I'm sorry, I. Said the quote from Saint Jerome: yep. "Ignorance of yep. Scripture is ignorance yep. of Christ." But, uh, but um, Saint Jerome could be a little curmudgeon-y, and right. I might turn that a little bit. Say, well, if you know Christ, then you already have an implicit knowledge of the Scriptures, even if you don't know all the stories and aren't as familiar with a lot of the historical details that you find in in the books of the Old Testament. You might not know the difference between a Sadducee and a Pharisee. Um, you know this man, who is more than a man. And he is the one that's at the center of all scripture. That's, uh, that's the firm belief of the church. And it's what Christ himself proclaims mm-hmm. um, in several places in the gospels. He says in John 5 to the, uh, to the Pharisees, he accuses them, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it's the scriptures that testify to me. Mm. And similarly, remember the... Uh, so, so just to be clear there, what, what he's referring to is what we understand to be the Old Testament. yes. Absolutely. And so, you know, as, as Catholics, we'll get into the Old Testament a little bit later, but, um, you know, say we're reading something that's confusing in the Old Testament, and you think, gosh, what does this have to do with me, and I don't know why this is in here. Well, hold on. Patience. We can have this confidence that this is about someone whom I know, right. someone who loves me, someone who has changed my life. Uh, and then we can go from there, trying to learn more about the details and the context sure. and what exactly it's saying about Christ, how it speaks of Christ, how it's related to him. Okay. Uh, but I think starting with this, um, this confidence in, in uh, I know who this is about ultimately um, is important. And what's the other place in script? You said the gospels. He yes. Speaks. And then Luke, uh, Luke 24 as well. In two places, Christ mentions, uh, well, Christ explains to the disciples, the two disciples who were going to Emmaus after the resurrection, um, he explains to them on the way everything that referred to him in, uh, in it says, the law and the prophets. Mm-hmm. And the law there means the Torah, the first five books. And so basically the entirety of the, of the Old Testament. And then in the second passage, uh, it says the law and the prophets and the Psalms. It specifically says mm-hmm. the Psalms mm-hmm. uh, as well, um, the, which is beautiful because that is the liturgical prayer of the church. You know, we pray the Psalm, we pray a responsorial Psalm at Mass every time, every day. And... Uh, those that pray the liturgy, the hours pray many psalms throughout the day, um, and Christ says Himself that that the psalms refer to Him. Right, 
right? That they all, they all, so all of it points to him. Exactly. He's the focus of exactly. it all. So, so revelation is in its fullness, Jesus Christ. Yes. And that's exactly what uh, the beginning of the um, letter to the Hebrews says, right? That in, in former times, God spoke to us through prophets and in varied ways. In these last days, he has spoken to us through his son, mm. whom he also appointed heir of all things. You just quoted the Bible from memory. I know. I'm a bad Catholic. You're awful Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so that all is sort of a background then to a Catholic approach to sacred scripture. Right. 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 Um, I, I, I think broadly Christian, you could say, in many ways. I mean, the, the center, focus on Jesus Christ, we should be familiar with it. Liturgical context, maybe some would quibble with, but many Christians would, would completely agree with that. We've got, in this episode, we've got about six, seven minutes left, Father. Let's just touch on how maybe how the New Testament then, because it's a little bit easier, it'll take probably less time, the New Testament, how it relates to Christ. Then. Sure, yeah, because... It is a bit easier because you know the, the New Testament is obviously all written after Christ, right. and so in uh, in a sense we can understand the New Testament as the the reverberation of the incarnation that uh, Christ came into this world. His life had an incredible impact on mankind, and a part of that impact took the took written form mm-hmm. in the generations that well in the. Uh, in that generation, and then in the the disciples that heard about him from the apostles and those who knew him, and um, obviously the first uh, the first writings that we have are the letters of Saint Paul. Right. And uh, actually, this coming Sunday, uh, we'll begin the letter to the Thessalonians, which is the oldest of Paul's letters. And so, mm. the very first piece of Christian literature that we have um, is this joyful exhortation by the Apostle Paul to the community that he founded. Um, and so I think that's important to remember that New Testament con- uh, context, that these are real people who knew the Lord, who are writing to people who also know the Lord, mm-hmm. um, who have received the word through the preaching of the <clears throat> apostles and of others. Um, and the scripture is written to reinforce their faith, to correct errors, to uh, call them on to greater holiness, to teach uh, in more detail um, about Christ and who he is and what he did for us. I think, um, that, if I can interject there for a moment, yeah. one of the things you said when we were um, talking about this episode was how we uh, the, the importance of reading Scripture as a disciple of Christ. And you spoke to some of the details of that, how we do that earlier, but I just love the idea that we ought to read it as a disciple of Christ because it touches on what you're just saying there, that um, this was written for disciples. It was written by disciples for disciples. It's not something that, while it can and it has throughout 2,000 years of history, the New Testament has on occasion um, changed the life of somebody who doesn't know anything about Christ. That's pretty rare. The norm is that it's read by those who are already following Jesus in some way, shape, or form. Right. I would certainly encourage everyone to read the Bible, but it's true that these uh, that the first recipients of these of these books were uh, those who had been converted by the apostles' preaching. Right, those who'd come to know uh, come to know Christ, because it takes uh, people. Jesus entrusted his gospel to people to communicate to people, and a part of the means of their means of doing that was scripture. Right, um, but that doesn't that's not meant to substitute or take away uh, personal testimony uh, to Christ. What, what all this implies then, uh, Chris, is that 
the Bible, uh, especially the New Testament, is born within the church. Right. That before these books were written, there were already men and women, families, communities living this life right. that Christ brought into the world. Our Lord didn't write any books during his earthly life. He, uh, he only wrote one time, as far as we know, as far as scripture says, and that's when he, uh, that's when he drew in the sand. The beautiful passage of, uh, uh, of the, John where you know, the woman is caught in John adultery. 8, right. um, but beyond that, you know, he, didn't, uh, he didn't write anything that, that we're told of. Right. Instead, he formed a people. He began to form an assembly. In other words, an ecclesia, a church. And from there, from the life of these disciples and from the teaching of the apostles, these writings emerge with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, certainly guided by divine providence, definitely um, in a very, in a human way from these humans that he had chosen and called. What, why, why do you emphasize that? Why, is that the, why, why do you spend the time that you did making that point? Because we see in our day a tendency to uh, break the Bible off from the church mm. And that has several negative consequences. The first is that we totally misunderstand it. Right. Um, we talked about that liturgical context earlier uh, and how important that is. But if we, if we don't understand that this is a book written by believers for believers, uh, then we will miss the point. We'll misinterpret lots of things. Um, and sometimes the other negative consequences, sometimes the Bible is even pitted against the church as if these things were in a fundamental opposition. Certainly the Bible, the Word of God, has throughout the ages been used to correct the church, to call uh, members of the church back from sinful or worldly lives. Right. Um, and I think of, you know, St. Catherine of Siena. Siena, right, in the Middle Ages, uh, and calling the church back to, oh, God, God, actually Christ <laughs> gave her the grace to learn to read and write in Latin so that she could know the scriptures, know his word, and use it to help call the church back to fidelity to him. Mm-hmm. Um but that's not a case fundamentally of the Bible being pitted against the church because she came out of the church as well. Right. And she was using the Bible to call the church back to what it authentically is. Right. So we've got about a minute to go. And this, this is always the dreaded radio question, Father. Any closing oh thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> so what we're talking about here, so right. just to put, right. put a bow on it, next episode we're going to look at how the Old Testament relates to Jesus. Um, but the New Testament and its relation to Christ, any final thoughts? Absolutely. Well, to bring in uh, a famous 20th century theologian, Hans Urs von Balthasar, he describes Scripture as the, the, glo- the clothing, the garment of Christ. And it's a garment that, <laughs> Hangs loosely. For example, there are four different gospels. It's mm-hmm. it's perspectivistic, I think he says, and so uh, we can't we can't fully identify the gospels with the person of Christ, and yet we can't separate them right. from him as well. Uh, we're not meant to absolutize any one part of Scripture, but all of it, as he says himself, all of it speaks of him. It's beautiful. So next episode, we will look at how the Old Testament relates to Christ as well. Thanks for being here today, Father. Absolutely. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet to us at sfdiocese. Use the hashtag Ignition with any questions about today's episode or ideas for future ones. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. 
click on media and then audio files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.